The following is a CSPN Media podcast presentation. Let me tell you about who deserves a shot in the United States Heavyweight. Let's hear it. I'm the champion. I ought to know. You know, I've, I've been sizing up guys since I came to the WCW. And I think the one guy that stands out the most, the guy that I think has earned a title shot, El Dandy, I think you're a heck of a wrestler. You're a great technician in the ring, and you're a jam-up guy. Whoa. I don't see any Whoa. reason. Wait a minute. El Dandy has been wrestling in, in, in the cruiserweight division here. Please. He's a great wrestler. He's a great wrestler, but my goodness sakes, he's 50 pounds. Who are you to, to, to doubt El Dandy? Because this guy's a serious professional. Well, let's talk about some serious professionals. How about hypnosis? Let's get thrown. Psychosis? Psychosis? Whatever, whatever. He's a great wrestler. You know... Hello and welcome to the WrestleCast. I'm your host, Don DeLorente, and I'm joined by my co-host, Mr. Mo to the underscore Reese. What's going on, Mo? Hey, what's going on? Uh, Good. This Wednesday, and we got things to talk about, so let's get into it. All right, man. And this week, we are joined by first Black Marvel. What's going on, Black Marvel? I'm doing okay. I'm doing okay. And Black Howling. What's going on, Black Howling? Not much, not much. Just chilling. Thank you for the opportunity. Oh, we're grateful for you guys as well. These are the two gentlemen who help Mo to the underscore Reese and I run the Twitter spaces on a regular uh, basis. So we wanted to have them on the show. Uh, appreciate you guys. And I get your commentary with color here on the WrestleCast. So quick, and before we get into the reviews of Backlash Monday Night Raw, since you guys are first-time guests, you got to kind of give me your origin story with professional wrestling, kind of like, you know, what you grow up watching, who were the people who got you into watching wrestling, and who were some of your favorites at that time. So, Black Howland, I'll start with you, sir. Well, um... I started watching when when I was a youngin, like when the whole Monday Night Wars was going on, like with WWE and WCW, um, and I used to watch it a lot with my brothers and sometimes with my cousins, and we all just watch it and talk about it like how, like how we normally do now. But uh, my favorites watching growing up, uh, Harlem Heat, uh, Undertaker, Stone Cold, Rock. Um, Bret Hart, you know, Shawn Michaels, uh, Glacier, because <laughs> he kind of remind me of Sub-Zero from, uh, Mortal Kombat, but, uh, you know, hey, I just love Eddie Guerrero, especially Eddie. All right, that's what's up, that's what's up. Black Marvel, same thing, sir, uh, kind of your origin story, uh, with professional wrestling. Well, here's the thing. I was this, this little boy, and I came home from school and uh, turned on the TV, and it was uh, Monday Night Raw, and I, I sat there watching it, and my father at the time was all on me saying, well, you shouldn't be really watching this. It's, you know it's fake. But I stayed true to it. I loved the crowd. I loved watching Bret Hart, Shawn Michaels, Undertaker, you know, Harlem Heat, all of the top wrestlers at the time, and I just stayed true watching it. I've been a fan ever since, and it's 
people, wrestlers like them, that kept me just going and watching. And I love the way I love how the product is nowadays. It may not be, you know, all the way the best, but you know, I'm a lifelong fan. I can't give it up. All right. So we are very thankful for all the uh, help that you guys provide us each and every week, uh, running the spaces and uh, helping the people share their commentary with color with us. So we just wanted to get you guys on the podcast because we give you guys a shout out every week so the people can get to know who y'all are. So we'll start with Backlash this past Sunday. Give a shout out to the landlord, Miss Didi Jonet. She was the winner of Who You Got for Backlash. So congratulations to her. Um, so we started out with Cody Rhodes and Seth Rollins. Uh, Cody, uh, excuse me, Seth Rollins starts doing the Dusty Rhodes flip flop and fly, but Cody reverses it into the crossroads. Another crossroads is tried, but uh, Seth Rollins uh, snap mares out of it. Rollins uh, does a flip out of a vertical breaker, and then he does a roll up with the tights, but that's reversed into a roll up with the tights by Cody. And Cody gets to one, two, three. So, Mo to the underscore Reese, we'll start with you, sir. Your comments, thoughts, and concerns on the opening mount, opening bout of backlash, Cody Rhodes and Seth Rollins. Hey, he had to start off hot because this pay per view on paper was a uh, dud. Um, and uh, heard a clip from Busted Open Radio where they put this in the same category as um, Steamboat and Flair and I want to say was it Rockin' Stone Cold it was it was they put that in like the high category as the as some others so um has wrestling fallen off that far that people think this is as good as Steamboat and Flair see (laughs) (laughs) damn we know that's 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 bullying and the other guy who used to do work work I think he broke for WWE back in the day, but All right. that's just their opinion. I'm gonna say that's just their opinion. They still trying to get some of them paychecks from Vince on the on the low. I mean, Bully was on um Bustle, not Bustle, um, broke the score sessions a couple of weeks ago, but I ain't watched it though, but um Match still was a good match. Uh, it didn't, clearly didn't go the way I thought it was going to go, but I can clearly see them building up toward Hell in the Cell mm-hmm. for the um, for the payoff. Black Howling, your thoughts, Cody and Seth? Uh, I have to agree with Mo here. Um, they had to start it off hot because again, the whole card of Backlash it was not interesting at all um the match was fire it was kind of a little bit better than the one in wrestlemania uh the finish kind of underwhelming but hey i understand but overall it was a good match it was a good match black marvel you get the final thought cody and seth rollins well, I mean, what else can I say? Both of them said it right. They had to start off hot because the, the, going into this show, it was no one really paid attention to it. Well, I think we all really came in to see like the unified tag match, and that didn't work out. So it was only like what six, seven matches on the card. Mm-hmm. But yeah, the match was good. I, I agree with Howling. It was a little bit better than a WrestleMania match, you know. 
Uh, Cody got the win as he should because he's the new. He's coming back. He has to be built up for a world championship soon. This doesn't really uh, hurt Seth Rollins in the slightest, really, because we're getting a Hell in a Cell match. And I assume, just like all of you, that it's going to blow away both of their matches. So it was a good, great, great match and a hot start. Cody might talk Vince and let them bleed. Possibly. Uh, for Hell in a Cell. That brings us to Bobby Lashley versus Amos. The hurt lock is applied, but Lashley is driven into the corner. Lashley manages a spine buster, loads up the spear, which is cut off with the knee. MVP gets in a shot with the cane, and then the choke bomb gives almost the pin and the win over MVP. All right, Black Howling, this time, sir, I'll start with you. Um, Bobby and Bobby and MVP doing their best to make almost uh, as good as he can be. Did they succeed in your eyes in this particular matchup? They starting to. They need to because really, almost, almost need a little bit more work. But they, but it's working though a little bit. They, it just need a little bit more time. But overall, that match, eh, that match was okay. I'm just, I'm sick of the black on black crime, man. It, it hurts my heart. It hurts my heart. <laughs> <laughs> like that, that, <laughs> like I understand what they're trying to do. They're trying to build up almost until like somewhat of a contender maybe for a future world championship but you know it and it's working with mvp because like you see with mvp with bobby lashley you saw how that went like he was just feuding with uh at the time rusev <laughs> and so mvp got him to where he was at he was wwe champion twice so yeah it was it's working. Just need a little bit more time. All right. Uh, but Marvel, uh, your thoughts on the match? Bobby and, and uh, Amos with Amos coming out victorious. It was exactly what we thought it was going to be. Uh, almost gets the win, and I mean, you got to push him up if you, he's the real big, the next big guy. You got to give them those wins. Um, I'm not sure if I really, you know, agree with the way it went down, but, you know, MVP did what he had to do. He, he helped Bobby. He's helping both guys that are not known talkers. He helped Bobby Lashley to a world championship. Maybe he can do the same for almost who knows. I'm not counting on, but stranger things has happened. But yeah, the match is the way it was supposed to be. I assume almost was going to win as a lot of people probably did. And who knows where they go from here? I mean, we might get another match. Who knows? Mo to the underscore Reese. Final thoughts, sir. Almost being victorious over Bobby Lashley. Well, you know, we got to you know do something to get get him off the ground. So, you know, when he first when he first started, he was this you know muscle for Shane McMahon outside of um, Raw Underground. The pandemic happened, and then you know he was making his rounds. That know. comes to me as a New York person, right? Like I'm like, what is this? Ooh, oh, what's up? Okay. To make clicked on a video, we're about to get copyright infringements. All right, Mo. I 
I fixed it. So, um, <laughs> yeah, he, he had to um, get, you know, it was basically he was just doing stuff backstage for the longest time, you know, doing stuff, you know, at the P scene. Then basically it was time for him to show and prove. And, you know, they put him with, um, put him with AJ for that length of time. And then, you know, ended that. Now, got it with MVP. So, like you say, like you said, Sonny, they got to do what they got to do to get him over. But we'll, we'll keep watching. AJ Styles took on Edge. The phenomenal form is loaded up, but here's Damian Priest, who comes to the aisle, but not to ringside. Finn Balor comes out to take Priest out, and so AJ Styles goes up to the top. We've got someone in a mask to pull him off the ropes. Edge grabs a crossface sleeper, and he turns into a chokehold, and AJ Styles passes out, and Edge gets the win. After the match, the masked person gets in the ring, kneels down to Edge, and unmasks, and it's Rhea Ripley. So, Black Marvel, we'll start with you first and foremost this time, sir. AJ Styles versus Edge with a little help from Rhea Ripley. Uh, thoughts on the match and uh, the addition to Rhea to the stable? The match was good. The match was good. Uh, Edge win, Edge won, as we kind of knew going into it. They're building up a stable. You can't have them lose. The match was good. Uh, Rhea Ripley being in the faction, uh, I, I kind of figured that was going to happen. Uh, she needed a new scenery, a new cut, a new color. So I'm glad that happened. Uh, they're building up strong, and AJ Styles is now going to have Finn Balor in his corner, and uh, I assume Liv Morgan will be in his corner as well, and we just might get a six-man tag. So... Uh, it all went the way it was supposed to be. The match went solid, and Edge gets the win. We got a new faction coming up. Mo to the underscore Reeser, your commentary with color on AJ Styles and Edge. I mean, it served its purpose in moving the storyline along. Um, kind of the seeds were planted for Rhea Ripley to join up with that cast of characters, which is a good look for her. Um, so we'll just you know see how that work, how this how this works out. And it's rumored for its work going around there. It might be one more, but we'll have to wait and see how that plays out. All right, Black Howling, you get the final word. Your thoughts on AJ Styles defeating or losing, excuse me, to Edge in their one-on-one matchup. This was another Edge classic. I, I have a list of Edge matches where I deem if it's a classic or not. This was an Edge classic. I mean, the storytelling was there. You can see, like, what was going through the match. And then I knew it was Rhea. I don't know what Byron was thinking about, but <laughs> I, I knew it was Rhea. But Rhea being added to Judgment Day, it's... Yeah, it's just like what Black Marvel said. It's a good look, and Edge needed that win. And hopefully, I don't know if it's just me, but if Ciampa joins, that means Ali might join up with AJ, and maybe, maybe we might get a mix. War games. I don't know. 
Hopefully. Or mixed survivors series match. I don't know. Hopefully. Well, I think uh, War Games is strictly an NXT property, so I don't know if Vince going to allow his people to go down there and, and participate in that. But, yeah, that would be pretty cool if they could find another, uh, you know, get a big four-on-four uh, War Games with uh, women in there too. But I don't know. Doubt it. Highly unlikely. Uh, SmackDown Women's Title Match. Charlotte versus Ronda Rousey. This is an I Quit match. Charlotte comes back uh, with a natural selection onto a chair, but Rhonda is like, no, she doesn't quit. The chair is set up with Charlotte saying this is her last chance and happy Mother's Day. The armbar in the chair goes on, but Charlotte won't quit. Charlotte uh, Rousey was saying, I hoping you would say that bitch. So she cranks the arm even harder, and that does make Charlotte quit. And Rhonda Rousey is your new SmackDown Women's Champion. So, Mr. Mo to the underscore Reese, sir. This was the match that, uh, on paper, note the build terrible, but when they had the bright lights on them in the time, Charlotte Flair worked miracles. Well, also, um, Molly Holly was the producer on this match, so that's that's on that as well. Um, and I'll talk about later as to why. The result happened the way it happened. Mm-hmm. It had to be a reason, and that was revealed. Um, I'll say yesterday or today, one or two, but it was the reason why the result happened. So, buckle up, gang. We will be dealing with a bunch of robotic, on tone um, promos, and you know, just watching. A champ at work. <laughs> so if you want to see a real, if you want to see a real um, women's champion turn some um, USA on Monday nights, because that's where she's at. Out here shining like Suge Knight at the Source Awards. Um, Black Marvel, Ronda Rousey, has uh, fulfilled Vince McMahon's dream of becoming the SmackDown Women's Champion. So what do you see for her moving forward? Maybe uh, now that we, uh, we 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 might have some news about Charlotte and her future, who do you see as maybe the first opponent or someone that they could maybe get a nice series of matches with coming up next? Well, the real question is who's left? Because if you look at that roster, who can they really put against Ronda right now? But my thing is, is that well, what we're going to get is going to get more monotone promos. We're going to get more uh, Rhonda talking as if she doesn't want to be here. We're probably going to get like two more squash matches. We're probably, if anything, might just get uh, uh, maybe Zia Lee to just get dropped out one time. I honestly can't even figure out who can they get from SmackDown to go against this one. They might have to start digging into Raw's pool as they usually have been doing for the past few weeks. So, yeah, uh, and with the whole Charlotte thing, I mean, we know what's happening with her. So I'm guessing they're just going to hold this out until Charlotte gets back, and that's going to be the main program they might just push afterwards. So just prepare for more monotone promos, more I don't care about being here attitude and 
And like most said, if you want to see a real champion, uh, she's on Raw and she has a long braid. So. <laughs> All right, Black Howland, you get the final word, sir. Uh, Ronda Rousey is our new SmackDown Women's Champion. Uh, what do you see going forward? This is how she's going to be doing promos from now on. It will be sounding like this. But really, that that match was shockingly, it was kind of decent, really. And just like Marvel said, who is there? Who's, who do SmackDown have to cha- really challenge her? Like, it's really too early to put her and Sasha Banks to, together. And really, that's really that's really it. But at, during, but during the match. I don't know if I'm gonna say this, but during the match, the real backlash was in the spaces. Mo know what I'm talking about, but I'm just gonna edit it with the. See, you know, we had kind of a a visitor in our spaces. This is okay. That kind of trail off track. You know, when I'm running the spaces, my rule is. If my people can't vouch for you, you can't come up on the stage. You know, right? I'm, I'm sure that you know other people share the same similar you know thing rule and everything too. So we had a gentleman in there. I'm not gonna say no names, but you know, kind of just you know hogging the mic and everything, and you know, kept thinking that everybody want to talk about you know certain people, you know, groups and stuff on. Twitter and everything, and this Miss V was in there with us, and he kept, you know, asking Miss V questions and everything. And so I'm off mic yelling like, "She don't want to hear that shit." <laughs> but um, it was real interesting because you know, let's had- just say that she pulled a uh, Cora Jade. Let's just say that. Yeah, let's just say that. But to end, but to end this uh, statement with the whole Ronda Rousey thing is, it's gonna be her. Her title reign is not gonna be. It's going to be meh, basically. It's just going to be meh. Pretty much like the build to this match. And I'll have a, a synopsis of the whole thing coming up here after we get through these last two matches. Uh, Mad Cat Moss versus Happy Corbin. Uh, I know a lot of people use this to uh, go to the bathroom, um, you know, uh, enjoy the uh, libations of their choice. The punchline is broken up and countered into a belly-to-back slam for a two-count. The deep six gets another two-count, so Corbin does a slide underneath the ropes for the clothesline. Madcap Moss ducks the clothesline, grabs a sunset flip for the pin and the win over Happy Corbin. So, uh, Black Marvel, your thoughts, sir? Riddick Moss, his first major win on a pay-per-view over Happy Corbin. First major win and a win that unfortunately no one cared about because no one going into this match cared and no one cared going out of this match. I honestly don't see what's the point of doing this match. What happens now? Uh, who really cares at that point? Um, Happy Corbin the, or Baron Corbin, whichever, I don't care. Um, it's just gonna. It's not. I see. This is not gonna be over. Not by a long shot. They're gonna probably push this to hell in a cell, and another match that no one is gonna care about. But yeah, he had himself a a, a win. I, I, the match was what the match was, and 
We'll just see what happens moving forward. We'll just see if he continues these terrible jokes or if he actually becomes serious. Who knows? Mo to the underscore reser. What would you like to say about Mad Cat Moss defeating Baron Corbin? So, yeah. Did they wrestle WrestleMania too? Uh, yeah, I think they did. And he won the WrestleMania too, right? But Mad Cat? Mm, no, Baron Corbin wrestled somebody else because uh, Matt Cat Moss won the the Andre oh, yeah, the, 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 the Memorial right. Joint. What about that? That's yeah. what all the hate talk. Yeah, um, yeah, like like they said. Unfortunately, no one really cares about this about this whole thing between them. Um, I guess it's to keep this going. So we'll see how this plays out. All right, Howling. Uh, Mad Cat Moss, he got a future. Could he be uh, uh, the Intercontinental Champion? Could he defeat Ricochet or something like that? That, oof. To be honest, I wasn't even paying attention to the match. I was just on the timeline, just looking at other stuff. But he could be, but it's, I don't know. It, it got to take something to win to win me over with Madcap Moss because right now uh, the whole dad jokey goofy uh, I'm not saying he can be I mean you can be like joke but make sure the jokes is funny <laughs> but I mean maybe at the continental champion maybe but not right now he he needs like a few more wins to have that type of talk. Right, right. Uh, it is reported that Charlotte has a broken radius, and she is going to be out of action for the time being. And then that brings us to our six-man tag main event, where we have RK Bro and Drew McIntyre taking on the Bloodline. The floating bro gets two count on Jay, who is right back with a pop-up net breaker for a two count of his own. Everything breaks down, and McIntyre loads um, is getting ready to, you know, um, drop Roman on the announcer table, only to get rock bottom through the announce table by Roman Reigns. Riddle takes out Jimmy and Roman, uh, but Jay is there with the suicide dive. Jay and Riddle kick each other at the same time, so both men are down. Jay goes up top, but gets pulled down with the Super RKO. And as soon as Riddle hits the mat and comes back up, Roman Reigns spears him, gets the pin, and the bloodline are victorious over RK-Bro Andrew McIntyre. All right, so we'll start with Black Marvel this time, sir. We got the bloodline coming out victorious. In a six-man tag main event that was uh, inserted instead of the unified tag team match that we thought we were going to get. Uh, so, your thoughts on the main event that they put together and the outcome? Well, the whole reason why we got this main event was mainly because uh, Fox executive said we don't want to share, so. We're just going to go ahead and throw Drew McIntyre in there and Roman Reigns, and there you go, a six-man tag. But overall, the match was fun. It was good. It was a little chaotic, but it was also, you know, very fun. Roman got the win, as he should have, because he's double champion. Uh, Riddle got pinned, as I knew he would, because he was the only one that made sense to get the pin. Uh, 
and you know the match is what what it was and the bloodline won this is not obviously it's not over because uh orton and riddle are going to go over to smackdown and hopefully do something over there with those shows again as for drew mcintyre roman we know this is going to lead somewhere in either helena cell or until SummerSlam. but the big thing is as i'm sure you know we're, we could also talk about is that you know Roman Reigns is slowly but surely going into that Brock Lesnar schedule. So, you know, we might not see him as much. But overall, you know, the match was good and the right outcome happened. All right, Black Howling, sir, your thoughts on the bloodline successfully defeating RK Bro and Drew McIntyre. I will acknowledge that the bloodline... <laughs> Seemingly right now is the most dominant faction in wrestling, well, in the WWE for right now. That match was crazy. Like, if if the unification match was going to be good, that match was just made it a little bit better. And just like Black Marvel said, this is the slowly but surely, you're not going to see Roman as much. He's probably going to do less house shows. Probably won't even see him doing either SmackDown or Raw on certain episodes. But but if anything, whew, I want to see, if anything, I want to see Jay and Roman one more time. That, ooh, if Roman do decides to leave, just give the belt to your cousin. That's all. All right, move to the underscore Reese. Your thoughts, sir, on the main event of this year's Backlash? Um, pretty good main event. Solid, how you want to call it. Um, the right team did win. Uh, as our two guests alluded to, uh, Roman Reigns is going to take, is going to be on a reduced schedule going forward. Um, Spoiler alert, not really spoiler alert, but you know, he, at the end of the house show in Trenton over the weekend, he cut a promo saying that, you know, when to try be the last time he's gonna be in a new phase in his career and don't know the next time he'll be back. So, you know, he wished the crowd well. And, you know, a lot of speculation on the weekend was going on about, hey, he might be getting ready to leave. They said, no, he signed a new deal. Um, He's factored into a lot of creative, but I guess just that it's going to be reduced house shows for him. You know, either it's going to be like, you know, when they have those big shows, super shows, like at Madison Square or something like that, he might be on those cards, but going forward, we ain't going to see that man wrestle. <laughs> if you <laughs> like in uh, Columbia, South Carolina, I hope you saw Roman Reigns uh, this past uh, fall and winter, because, yeah, you won't be seeing him again. Yeah, the small, the smallest um, places for small shows not getting no Roman so if you didn't acknowledge him then you know you gotta wait to acknowledge him when he comes back on TV again and they're saving him and um, Roman and Drew for like the big stadium show so either SummerSlam or the, the show over in the UK in, the, um, in September so keep your eyes out and just keep on watching I'm not that interested in Roman and Drew personally. I'm more interested in Roman and Randy, but I don't know if we'll ever get there. 
but I thought that their interaction was real dope, and then the crowd was really into it as well. So that See, Randy's been Randy's been on a new, even you know, have found a new leash in life with Fist and Red. So yeah, a lot of people are waiting for Randy and uh, Roman right. to go in. I'm personally waiting to see when they want to do uh, Roman Rock, so we can get that long term booking on the road. And when that happens with Roman, if if Roman beats Rock, that's when I will acknowledge him as the Tribal Chief. I <laughs> right now. I might, I might have to you know you know bend the knee on that. That's when I'm a. That's when I'm gonna be like, I. Right <laughs> I think it's after that match with The Rock at WrestleMania is when we will officially see. Roman become a part-timer and I don't know if it's going to be for the titles and honestly I don't think it re- doesn't matter if it is for the titles it really shouldn't because it would make no sense we know Rock's not staying so after that match I think we will officially be seeing part-time Roman yeah because they already seen this is the, the run this is the run of this um, championship run being compared to that of Reno San Martino way back in the day so um this is something we didn't we didn't see happening, but you know they they've been wanting this to happen for a long, long time. But Vince is getting his wish. Vince has found his man, but Hollywood calling, and as Dawn has said many times in the past, you can you can uh, find a better way to get money to get paid and not take as many bumps with as many shows. He won't take it. Um, my f- just overall thoughts about Backlash is that week to week WWE sucks. Raw, SmackDown, investing all that time that we invest watching these shows to to the build up to these pay-per-view matches sucks. But when the creative and all those people get the hell out of the way and let the boys just wrestle and girls, they come up and they deliver every time because there's no reason that on paper backlash should have been as entertaining as it was this was definitely a b plus show and on paper it had no reason being that good so that's where i say the creative and the build and the week-to-week television is awful but if you were to watch from like wrestlemania you just watched wrestlemania didn't watch nothing else came back in watched backlash caught up through all the packages, you would have been like, oh, this shit is off the chain. The wrestling is pretty good. But, yeah. So, I, I, I think that's where WWE is just dying on the vine, is Monday Night Raw and SmackDown right now. They just aren't providing a lot of good entertainment, good story, and, uh, and, and good build for these pay-per-view matches. But the pay-per-view matches be fire, so you know? That's what we got again. So that transitions us to Monday Night Raw. RK Bro starts us off. Randy Orton talks about how they came up short at Backlash, but that was just a battle and they will win the war. The original plan for a tag team title was for the tag team unification matchup, but Roman cut that off because he knows the Usos can't beat them. That's why they're going to SmackDown this week and demand that Roman Reigns allow the match. If Reigns doesn't say yes, it shows how little he believes in his cousins. 
That's when the Street Profits come out. They're scheduled to challenge RK Bro later tonight. They're going to be winning the tag team titles tonight, and you and they're going to be the ones unifying them against the Usos because they want the titles and they want to smoke. Riddle says, RK Bro 420 says, We just smoked your ass. And then we go into our tag team title matchup Street Profits versus RK Bro. Riddle accidentally dives onto Orton on the floor. Back in, the frog splash gives Montez Ford a two count on Riddle, with Orton making a save at the very last second. Ford goes up top again, but this time the frog splash is counted into an RKO from Riddle to give him the pin, and RK Bro retains the tag team titles. All right, so Mo to the underscore Reese for the 55th time. And only the five months that this year has been alive, we get Street Profits versus RK Bro. RK Bro defending the titles one more time. So where do our boys the Street Profits go from here, man? Back to the end of the line. Back to the end of the line. Um, uh, I mean, this is a good match. I like the, the setup and the build and everything. But... We just knew who was going to come out on top watching this match. And, yeah, so this is a lot of, you know, you know, Raw really doesn't have any – well, Raw has its champions, but at the same time, it's not the focus there. So we'll see what's going to happen going forward. Black Howling, is it time for the Street Profits to go full heel? Oh, most definitely it is time like what you saw like in the past few weeks it was just a little taste you know what i'm saying but now it's it's time to go super saiyan it's time to go evil but i also think they punishing my boy montez for buying bianca the boat i think they hating <laughs> i think this is a form of hating that's all that is he done put all the husbands on the hot seat that's all um, Marvel, um, RK Bro, we saw our first little cheek in the armor, maybe, with Orton, uh, but Riddle accidentally diving onto Orton. Do you think that was just maybe a way that we got to that fantastic near fall that I really bid on with the Frost Splash? Or do you think that that may be the first chink in the armor to what may turn into the eventual breakup of RK Bro? Well, it, as history says it, anything that happens in the cheek of an armor to Randy, it's usually going to end up Randy being the one doing most of the work. Randy, uh, I can see this on the wall. RK Bro might not last as long, especially if they do do a unified tag match. And if they lose to the Usos, then I definitely can see them not staying long. But overall, the match was okay. The match was good. Uh the street profits are gonna go right back in the line. I don't and just wait their turn, I guess. But you know, other than that, you know, I I want to see what happens. They're highly over right now. Randy's having the time of his life, and we'll just see where it goes from there. But you know, there's only so much they can do with a, a very weak tag team uh, division right now. So we're gonna be seeing a lot more rematches a lot more one-on-one single matches and we're just going to have to buckle up for it. 
We get an old school platform style interview with Theory. He isn't worried about defending the U.S. title against Cody Rhodes later tonight. And he is the youngest United States champion for a reason. He is the future, and the future is Theory. So here comes Edge, who's cut off his hair. Uh, he's got Rhea Ripley and, and uh, Damian Priest in tow. Uh, Edge talks about how he listened to the fans for years, and all it got him is a Hall of Fame ring. He says he's bigger than the Hall of Fame. He says you can point at any part of him, and he has had surgery on it. Everyone here tries to stand by their principles and then go home like a bunch of keyboard warriors. Edge holds a mirror up to all of them, and they see someone ugly and wrong. Damian Priest says that the truth hurts, and while he and Edge could destroy everyone's favorites, now they have Rhea Ripley by their side. Ripley says this was the e easiest decision of her life because she wanted to be like them. She is done signing autographs at the airport and, and seeing them then sold on eBay. That brings her to Liv Morgan, and tonight it is time for Liv's destruction. Edge talks about everyone believing that Ripley was holding Liv down and takes credit for splitting Liv and Rhea up. He says he saw potential in Ripley and wants her to run everything over. This movement isn't done, and they are looking for more. And here comes Liv Morgan to interrupt. I'll just go around the, the table here. We'll start with uh, you, uh, Howling. What did you think about the promo? Um, did this kind of tie all the loose ends up that you might have had uh, concerning Judgment Day? It really did. But I really... Hey, Edge was speaking facts because you know how you know how people is, especially in the IWC, man. These people are ruthless, man. But overall, that promo was very, very Edge-like. And trust me, and with Rhea and Damien, it's only going to get better. Now, if we can get one more person, and people say it might be Ciampa. If we get one more person in there, I think the promo level is going to be up to, mm, I say it's going to be a high level promos. That's all I see. All right. All right. Most to the underscore Reese, sir. Um, who do you think benefits most from rubbing up against Edge? Is it going to be Damian Priest? Or do you think it's going to be Rhea Ripley? Really both of them. They both could benefit from working with him and know, we need to, I guess you could say we need the um, the strong um, women's woman presence um, in the group, so got that. Uh, you know, so we'll, we'll see how this plays out going forward. But I, I, I mean, I like the addition of Ray and Ripley. I just want to know if there's going to be a fourth person who isn't going to be, you know, signs of pointing the chompers, but there has been whispers in the wind um, about um, Finn up with them oh that would be a swerve to the storytelling um, but Marvel uh, Edge as a leader of a faction um, this is kind of something new for him um, he's usually been a guy either in a tag team or you know straight up solo um, performer uh, how do you think this is coming off so far as, you know, him being the, the person out front, uh, the main spokesman? Well, we know he has the promos to do it. We know that. We also know he has the in-ring ability to do it. So right now, him leading a faction 
it's going very well. I like the addition of Rhea Ripley. I'm not so sure uh, if I get when Rhea Ripley started doing her promo, if I understand why she feels like she needed to join. I mean, I heard her say that she got tired of signing autographs. She got tired of, you know, uh, talking to the fans. I, that didn't really make sense to me. But overall, the, the, the fraction's going to be good. And if they do add some, and one more person, either Chopper or a Swerve or Finn Balor, it can only be stronger. And all three of them, both Priest, Rhea, or Chopper or Balor, is all going to benefit from Edge helping them. And it's going to make them be even stronger than they are now. So I can't wait to see what happens, and I can't wait to see where it goes. That brings us to Liv Morgan versus Rhea Ripley. Liv's, Liv fights out the Riptide, setting up the springboard code breaker for two count. That's when Rhea Ripley knocks her back down, grabs the prism trap, and Liv Morgan taps out. Well, after the match, Edge tells Rhea Ripley to apply the hold again. So Liv again starts tapping. That's when Finn Balor with AJ Styles come out to make the save. Uh, we get a spot where AJ's clearing the ring. Uh, he disposes of Edge. He disposes of uh, Priest. And uh, he turns around. He's getting ready to swing again. And he sees it's Rhea Ripley. And he cannot do it because he can't hit a woman. He's a good Southern gentleman. That allows Edge to spear him down. And uh, the beatdown is on. So, um, too bad for Liv Morgan. Looks like her little mini push and her, you know, uh, admiration from the fans is extinguished and been put out. She's, you know, main event bound probably in the next couple of weeks for her. Um, so, we'll move right into the Sven Balor versus Damian Priest matchup. Where Finn Balor counters a choke slam into a roll-up for a two-count, there's a sling blade to send Priest to the outside, but Ripley gets in the way of a dive. That allows Edge to come in with the spear on Balor for the disqualification. And post-match, AJ and Finn they get beaten down by Judgment Day. Uh, so we'll take in the two, the match with Rhea and the Finn Balor and Damian Priest and the whole beatdowns and everything. Um, pretty impressive for Judgment Day. Um, the AJ Styles Finn Balor combination um, maybe in hindsight if they can keep this thing together long enough and not put Finn Balor into Judgment Day maybe AJ and Finn could eventually be the tag team to knock off RK Bro we'll run that around the table what do y'all think about that that matter anybody who wants to jump in first well, my thought is, if they do have Styles and Ballard remain as a tag team after this whole Edge Fraction thing, then I can see them going for another run. I mean, they're obviously going to need more tag teams, so it would make sense. You know, and Ballard will be able to do something productive and won't be stayed in the back all day. You know, Styles can do it will be the same thing, and they can go for some titles. I can see some great matches, whether it be RK Bro whether it be Street Profits, rather if they can get the Vikings away from NXT for something, or even the Usos, who knows. But, you know, I do see this happening one day, and it's going to be great matches. I can already see it. All right. Howling, you got any thoughts on AJ and uh, Finn as a permanent tag team and, and maybe how they would be as tag team champions? 
the founding father of Bullet Club and what and with the one of the leaders of Bullet Club together? Whew. Shut up and take my money. Man, I'm trying to tell you that the matches I can just see the matches in my head. The club versus Usos, the club versus Street Profits. Hell, the the club versus anybody in NXT if they get a chance to do that, but but man, that would be awesome. But I just gotta say, can the can the baby faces have some friends? Cause I'm tired of seeing the beatdowns, man. And also, you know, to make that say for live, they was doing all, you know, Finn and AJ was doing the poses, and, you know, for the entrances. Like, come on, bro, she's down there tapping out. Like, help, bro, help. <laughs> yeah, that was like that one time. I forgot who was getting beat up in the ring. It might have been Bianca was getting beat up and Rhea came to help her and the uh you know the music plays or whatever. Yeah. Rhea I think it was does her damn stomp before she comes right like, man, if you don't forget all that and come help me. <laughs> yeah, that is that is a little like they need help, man. The baby faces need some friends. Like if you was a here before and now you turn baby face I think you need to go back and apologize to the people. That way, if somebody got to believe you, hey, <laughs> much help. Of, much of the underscore research, uh, just your, your final thoughts on this whole piece of business between Balor, AJ Styles, Damian Priest, Liv Morgan, Rhea Ripley, Edge. If this was rest, this wrestling, wrestling, then you would, um, you would have um, Finn and AJ as a tag team doing the damn thing. This is entertainment. Well, this in this company, entertainment is the focus. So we're not going to get that. So wrestlers will be on the back burner. But the entertainment factor with um, Damian and Gage and Rhea definitely will be pushed to the forefront. And yes, um, the faces do need some friends because the faces are getting beat down and nobody's coming out to help them. You know, it's just like, they're like, oh, hey, you know, we're catering, getting this good food, but sorry to see you get your ass kicked out there. <laughs> uh, Alpha Academy, they promises Kevin Owens DNA evidence next week that, pr- that will prove that Ezekiel is Elias. Owens is happy because his brother Ken Owens is here to compete against Ezekiel. I mean, he means Elias. So it's time for the VIP lounge with MVP hyping up Amos' win over Bobby Lashley uh, at Backlash. MVP starts to explain what happened to Lashley, but here is Cedric Alexander to interrupt. Alexander keeps saying they did it and seems to think he's back in the good graces of MVP and Amos. That doesn't seem likely, so here's Lashley to clean house. MVP escapes the wrath and Cedric springboards into the hurt lock and Bobby Lashley leaves him laying. Um, they can't overexpose Amos, so they have inserted Cedric Alexander in here to, uh, you know, take a lot of bumps and kind of be the middleman. Um, really sucks to see Cedric Alexander used in this, in this form, but really wish that they would either release him or, you know, link him back up with, 
um, uh, Shelton and they become a viable tag team again, like a real legitimate tag team, not just to put people over tag team. But again, MVP and uh, Bobby Lashley doing their best to get almost over with a little help from Cedric Alexander. Uh, Black uh, Marvel, what you think about this segment, VIP Lounge? Well, it went exactly as I knew it would go. I mean, I don't know if you guys paid attention to it, but uh, that white security guard almost did a brown paper bag test on Cedric. Uh, I don't know how I feel about that, but you know, Cedric coming in to uh, be the middleman in this almost uh, uh, Bobby Lashley thing. Uh, I really do wish Cedric can either, like most said, either he uh, gets released or his contract ends up or something like that, or they go back to a strong tag team with Shelton. But I can already see Shelton is not going to be probably in this company anymore either, so... It's kind of a lose-lose situation. But other than that, they got to push this almost and Lashley thing going. Um, it, I, I really do think it's going to be 50-50 booking, and Lashley's going to get his win back at another pay-per-view. So, you know, just to push this story. So either way, like like you said, this is just for entertainment. They got to push the entertainment thing. So we'll just see what happens. Sonya Deville, she isn't happy with Adam Pearce's former investigation, but he promises her quality competition later in the night. Before the opponent is announced, here is Pearce to say that as a result of the formal investigation, Sonya Deville has been fired as a WWE official, but she is still an active competitor, meaning she is having a match with this person. Drum roll, please. Sonya Deville versus Little Miss Bliss, Alexa Bliss. You get a float over DDT into the Twisted Bliss, and she pins Sonya Deville in 34 seconds, and Sonya Deville has a meltdown at ringside. All right, mode to the underscore Reese. Uh, Alexa Bliss was a topic of, uh, you know, what prompted uh, the dragging in the spaces, but she is back first time since Elimination Chamber. Um, what do you see as the future for Alexa Bliss? right now in the Raw Women's Division. Her future? Yeah. Um, I mean, you know, where does she fit in in the upper echelon right now? You got Rhea, you know, embarking on singles. She don't. I mean, she's one, she's going to get her TV time and her matches, but she ain't going to pose no threat to Binky. Not in the least bit. Okay, okay. Uh, Howland, Alexa Bliss is back. Uh, seemingly the original Alexa Bliss, but still with the Lily doll. Um, looks like they they still must be selling those damn dolls. Um, but your thoughts on Alexa and where you see how they're going to be using her in the future? Man, I mean it's good to see Alexa back, but it just like just like Mo said. She ain't, she ain't a threat to Binky, but also I would like to say this. To quote Paramore, that's what you get. And I'm talking about Sonya Deville. You've been messing with black women, now the karma has been affecting you mostly. But uh, <clears throat> back to the question. Uh, how Where do I see? Alexa might need a little bit more time to be that, you know, to be one of the contenders for the Raw Championship for the World Women's Championship. 
But it's good to see it, but just lose the damn dog. That's it. <laughs> All right, Marvel, uh, Sonya Deville, um, you know, ever since the uh, maybe the pandemic, you know, with the unfortunate uh, domestic thing that we she went through with stalking and everything, uh, you know, she took herself out of in-ring competition. They brought her back as the official a role that she was definitely excelled in, but now she's back into being a full-time competitor. Uh, what do what do you see Sonya Deville adding to the women's division? Well, first things first, um, the match did not go the way I wanted it because I wanted the match to beat Bianca's record for 26 seconds. But anyway, uh, having Sonya, you know, be back in the women's division as a in-ring competitor again, I mean, it, it can only be good. The more women, the merrier. We, we obviously need more women. So, you know, we, she, it's good for her to be back in the ring. I mean, she's not going to really do much and factor much into anything big anyway. And for Alexa Bliss to come back, you know, um, I wouldn't say I, like, I need her, but it's, it's, I guess, like I said, it's okay to have another woman, you know, for competition. She's not going to do anything to Binky, obviously. And nor should she, but you know, she. It's good to have her back. You know, get more strong competition. Obviously, the dolls are selling well. That's why she still has it. And we'll just see what we can get this women's division going. Because right now, all we really have is Binky, Oscar, and Alexa and Sonya. So, we'll, we'll and uh, Becky. So five women. We'll see what happens. <laughs> Ezekiel versus Ken Owens. So we got Kevin Owens in a gray wig because Ken is Kevin's older brother. Ken goes on a big rant about how he can't stand liars like Elias and how stupid the people are for buying this. The wig eventually comes off with Ezekiel giving a shocked face and the fight is on. That's when Alpha Academy runs in to help Kevin Owens beat Ezekiel down. Becky Lynch interrupts Asuka in the back and doesn't get why Asuka is getting a title shot. Not so fast as Asuka has to beat Bianca Belair to get a title shot, which has Becky confused about the idea of beating a champion to get the chance to beat the champion again. Becky talks about handing handing Asuka her title, but Asuka screams that she didn't need Becky's help. Asuka shouts about Becky acting like a baby instead of a mom, causing Becky to say that Asuka is the one with the weird green tears on her face as she walks away. Anybody uh, have any problem with the way that they had Oscar jumping around in this promo? No? Okay. Uh, Veer Mahan beat up another jobber this week um, in like 30 seconds, so nothing to see there. Uh, Cody Rhodes says he's proud of his win over the best in the world. Now he is seeing someone with limitless, limitless potential like Theory but you have to dig deep to find that potential. And he says, Theory better be ready to dig deep. U.S. title match, Cody Rhodes versus Theory. Theory elbows him in the face, setting up the Fishman's Buster onto the knee. Cody isn't having that and hits a disaster kick into the Cody Cutter. But Seth Rollins comes in for the DQ. Post-match, Seth gives Cody the stomp on the announcer's table and screams about Cody never taking anything else from him again. All right, Mo to the underscore Reese. We uh, we all raised an eyebrow when we saw that they were announcing U.S. title match Cody versus Theory on Monday Night Raw. Um, 
I think everybody understood what the game plan was. But did that change your mind about seeing a third match between Cody and Seth once they executed it? He knew what was going to happen. So, and as soon as this match was announced, I said, oh, Seth is definitely going to interfere, and this is going to be um, Seth, the next one for the Helm himself. All right. Uh, matchup was uh, Black Allen. What'd you think about Cody Rhodes and Theory? What'd you think about Theory stepping up a little bit? In competition, uh, this was a test for 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 the Dairy Boy. Like this was a test to see if he can hang with somebody like Cody Rose. But I knew the match was going to be a DQ. But hey, he kind of showed that he kind of could hang a little bit. But it really did show, like if because we all seen Cody in deep water before. The question still remains. Can Theory go in deep waters with the Sharks? Jerry's still out. Jerry's still out. Uh, Marvel, uh, your thoughts just overall on uh, Theory as U.S. champion in, in this matchup with Cody with Seth getting involved? Well, like we all knew going into this, uh, it was going to be a DQ. The match shouldn't even be made if that was the case. But, you know, Theory, he did what he had to do. He, This was a big test to prove he can swim with the big boys, and he kind of proved it now about him being champion and the youngest champion. You know, he's obviously going to be pushed not to the moon, but almost to it. And as for Cody, this is just another step with the Seth Rollins thing. We're going to get another Hell in a Cell match with him, possibly in the cage. And, you know, because that's what Cody is. And Cody's going to come out victorious again. It's going to be pushing him to until we can get a world title match with most likely Roman. So that's what I feel is going to happen. All right. Women's tag team action. We got Dewdrop and Nikki Ash going to get going up against the legit bosses, the tag team champions, Naomi and Sasha Banks in a non-title match. Nikki tags herself in and we get a hot tag to Naomi. The code breaker bubble bomb combination finishes off Nikki and post match Dewdrop yells at Nikki to be more serious. Well, at least, uh, yes, sir. Just want to say shout out to Miss Simi. She was not here for um, Naomi choking for choking it for Dewdrop in the ring. <laughs> she was like, She's like, you guys that deserve that greatness. And I was like, I agree, sis. I agree. At least this was an actual tag team match. It wasn't a singles matchup. I'm gonna have to agree with Mo. That was a that's a gift that really needs to be made. Uh, that's a hallelujah. Like, <laughs> like I, she knows she been looking back when when Jim. You know what? Let me not. <laughs> What we should be angry about is the cameraman. That's who we should be angry about. Kevin doesn't know what to do with them shots. That's why he needs to be fired. <laughs> Mustafa Ali is taking on Champa. Miz is our guest referee. Um, Ali hits a super kick and a tornado DDT for, of course, the slow count from the Miz produces a very delayed two count. Champa uses the distraction to hit a reverse DDT for the very fast three count 
and Chapa is your winner. Uh, yeah, so uh, Mustafa Ali, welcome back, sir. Did all that petitioning and all that stuff on Twitter and tried to get out of your contract. And there's like, nah, just go home, sit down, and we'll have something for you in a few months. Yeah, this is what they got for you. You should have just kept bitching and tried to get out your contract. Cause this is this is not it, man. I mean, I guess a few well, with the I'll is go okay. first with it. Uh, Mustafa Ali, um, it, it, he got exactly what he asked. If he wanted to be on TV, he's on TV. It may not be the way he wanted it, but that's the way he got it. We both know where, where we all know where this is really going. Mustafa Ali at this point is just being used as just someone to make fun of until eventually they release him. They have nothing for him. They never really had anything for him. And this is just another stepping stone to saying, you want to screw with us? Well, we'll just make you look terrible until you decide to go. Or we decide to let you go. So that's all I got out of this whole segment. To me, it was a waste of time and just another laughing stock for Ali. He's done some pretty good stuff on Twitter um, that unfortunately they can't seem to replicate on the three-hour television show. So, uh, Black Howland, what, what do you see Mustafa Ali going from here? It looks like, you know, the Miz is, looks like, I guess he's going to eventually beat the Miz, but, I mean, it doesn't look that good for him right now, though. To quote Marlon Brando from The Godfather, look what I did to the, look what they done did to my boy. Just look how they massacred my poor boy. Look, Mustafa Mustafa Ali is one of the talented wrestlers I've seen in like a good while. Like the man can cut a promo, especially the stuff he do on Twitter, phenomenal. But obviously. It's either him getting, just like y'all saying, it's either he's going to get released or he's going to be like, he's going to take a page from either Tony Storm or Cesaro or even Jeff Hardy's book. Just quietly leave. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Motor the underscore Reese, Chompa better hope he does get in Judgment Day uh, because if he doesn't, uh, this might be a short run for him uh, on the on the main roster. Yeah, so we'll have to watch. I guess we have to play the part of the wait and see crowd to see how this plays out. Um, but yeah, this is, I guess, this is just the storyline to advance um, for Chompa to come up and then to advance him off and then, I guess, to put Liz in the program because he had, they had nothing for me to, to be honest. So, right. Uh, we get a mashup of the Lacey Evans story. Nobody cares. Um, we look at Bobby Lashley attacking Amos MVP and Cedric Alexander earlier. Lashley says he wants Amos in the cage match next week. Um, mode to the underscore Reese's favorite segment every week. The 24-7 title segment. We have Dana Brooke and Tamina. They've taught the R-Truth about getting divorces. And here are Reggie and Akira Tozawa with flowers and candy. R-Truth serves them with the divorce papers, but not so much Tozawa because he runs away without taking them. Smart man. Yeah, he's trying to stay married to Tamina. 
I mean, you seen her in white? I would too. <laughs> Main event time, Asuka versus Bianca Belair. Belair goes over Asuka with a leapfrog and then runs Asuka over with a shoulder tackle. With Asuka down, Belair goes for the handspring moonsault, but Becky pulls her hands out from under her and throws Binky into the steps, and that is a disqualification. After the match, Becky beats down Asuka to end the show. So, um, I'll take you guys, we'll do a poll for this. Uh, what percentage, you know, zero being, you know, the least and 100 being the most, do you feel like we're about to get a triple threat match at Hell in a Cell between Asuka, Bianca, and Becky? So we'll start with uh, you, Howling. Uh, what percentage do you feel we're heading towards a triple threat match? I want to say a solid... I'm going to go with an 80%. Real? I'm a, I'm going to say it's a real strong... It's a real strong, real high. Because that other 20% is we might get Oscar versus Becky Lynch and Hell in the Cell and just those two, but it but it could be looking like a triple threat. So I'm going to say 80%. All right, all right. Black Marvel, your percentage of a likely triple threat match? It's WWE. It's Vince McMahon. We barely have women uh, on the roster. It's going to be 100% we're getting this triple threat match. There's no other way to put it. Oscar just showed back up on it, and as much as we love her, and I know it's Howling's wife and everything, but you know she did nothing to get this match. But we are getting a triple threat match, one hundred percent. There's no other way to look around it, and obviously Binky has to come on top here. Mo, your percentage of a likely triple threat match? Oh, definitely one hundred percent. Okay, all right. You think they can hold it off for a later date, or you think it's going to be hell in the cell? I mean, because Binky has the wrestle at this baby, so she's going to definitely, I mean, at the backlash, so she's definitely going to wrestle at hell in the cell. So, could be a build up for something. All right. Well, 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 that was this week's edition of Monday and Night May Raw. I add yes, sir. In this whole thing, um, I kind of—I know I kind of—I really am upset that a match that could made of it any pay-per-view with those two strong women only gets five minutes and it ends with a DQ. And the worst part is, it was a first-time ever match on a random Monday at a random event in some random town with no build-up and no nothing. Well, that's, that's where I've been saying for a while now that the format for Monday Night Raw just needs to go back to being squash matches and promos. Because if you, if you go on, if every match, if the only way you can build to matches is DQ finishes, then you might as well just let the people in the matches look good, cut a promo, and, you know, maybe beat up somebody a little bit too much or too long, make the other person have to come out to the ring, and just their presence makes them stop. They don't necessarily have to, you know, fight or anything. But, you know, they got to do something different because if you're going to sit here and, and, like you said, you know, present these high-level matches, 
only to give them three to five to seven minutes and then end with the DQ, then don't book the damn thing. I don't want to give 15 minutes of my Monday night to watching Cody and Theory just waiting for Seth Rollins to interfere. You know, have Cody wrestle some jobber. Have Cody win and when he's, you know, celebrating with a fan or something, Seth Rollins come attack him. Yeah, but but also it's also the crowd too. Like the crowd don't be hyped up as as much either. It's like the crowd is just it just kills it. Like yeah, it's they, like whatever town they go to, and it's like if it's a if it's a good match, like right, say if it was like Biggie versus Oscar, and they got the full thirty minutes. I got a feeling some in some ways the crowd not gonna get into it or you know, they're gonna be like, Oh wow, this is nice. Mm-hmm. Like, nah, I, I just don't like it's the crowd the crowd played a part of it too. Yeah, that's the thing about wrestling. If you watch it from like back in the day, even before the Attitude Era in the eighties, up through the Attitude Era, Monday Night Wars. The guys did far less as far as, like, phenomenal moves, spectacular moves, athletic moves, but the crowd was going absolutely nuts. Now the guys do far more athletically and, you know, when it comes to taking risks, and the crowd is never excited. Well, it depends on the crowd, too, because we're going to put in a big match like Oscar and Bianca that can main event any pay-per-view and have it on some uh, place called Hulu, Wisconsin, the crowd is not going to care because they don't know what they're watching. But if you put it somewhere like Miami or Brooklyn, Chicago, Los Angeles, those big towns that are big wrestling towns, then they'll be alive for anything because they know what they're seeing. So it depends on the type of crowd you're in, too. Mo, you got anything to add to Monday Night Raw and the formatting or what you'd like to see changed about it before we get turn it over to you for the Mo Meltzer segment? Just want to see. I don't know. We, we probably, I mean, like I told you, we in the midst of some playoffs, so Vince ain't really worried about giving us quality TV. He ain't, he ain't too concerned about it. He, well, damn, he between not- the damn Monday night football schedule and NBA playoffs and shit, when does he have a window to give us quality TV? In July? He going to have the summer. <laughs> he going to have the summer because there ain't going to be no NBA, going to be no NHL, going to be no – I mean, football going to be coming back, so he's going to have to do something then. And now you got – you know, you got a shift in the Monday night. You got the, the Monday night um, – football schedule coming out and you got the the shift in um, the announcers and everything you know it's going to be new faces new new everything so it's going to be a, it's going to be something well to add to that uh, football is from September to February basketball is from October to June so at that point, he's going to have, like, what, maybe two or three months to figure out something to bring in these ratings, bring in these crowds. Because ultimately, he's he's never going to be able to beat them. He never has. He never beat them in ratings. But he should try something. I mean, booking these random matches that no one cares about is not going to help. 
booking these matches that only end the DQ for like five minutes is not going to do much. Silence some crowds and putting in edit sounds to try to get someone over might not do anything either. More women's matches that last longer than a whole microwave moment. And, you know, book stronger storylines and he can try to do something. But they end up being lazy at the end and that's what ends up killing them mostly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, the, I mean, it, it definitely could use a, a different a different way to tell these stories, to build these stories. Like I said, this week-to-week Monday Night Raw and even SmackDown is starting to get like this. It's just nothing happening, nothing interesting, same matches, you know, recycled matches, um, you know. I think that people lose sight that, hey, most of us got into wrestling or started watching wrestling never really saw our favorites actually wrestle anybody good. It was all about building up so they could wrestle the big match that was either going to take place on a pay-per-view or, or at a big live event. But it was never going to take place on TV. But you always knew that every week. And you got simple enjoyment out of seeing your favorites come down, beat people up, get a win, talk trash about it, and then we'd be like, okay, we'll come back and do this again next week. I don't know. Well, I do know when. Why it shifted so much where nowadays it's like jobber matches and squash matches are are just useless and not a part of effective storytelling when they clearly worked for the first 80 years of professional wrestling why all of a sudden in the last 25 that you know all of a sudden it's it, it doesn't work anymore i just don't get it but nonetheless we'll you know, stop shaking our fist at clouds and we'll turn it over to Mo to the underscore Reese to tell us what's going on in the news when it comes to pro wrestling. Alright, um, I just run through this. So, uh, Nash Carter is going back to Zachary Wentz and his first booking outside WWE's will be No Peace Underground, which is a I forgot one of those hardcore indie promotions. Um, so that's where you're going. Um, so good luck to him. Uh, Cesaro uh, is apparently, they're saying his asking price is kind of high. Um, and he's being represented by um, the same management that does. Um, the boy name um, Bray Wyatt well the former Bray Wyatt uh, Wyndham um, Wyndham Rotunda Rotunda yeah so um, he said they see, but he posted something on Twitter saying soon so I'm guessing that he'll be in somebody's organization come soon who knows um, Kota Ibushi had some beef with New Japan um, he's called like them sexually sexually harassing um, is that something like that he was saying so keep your eyes out for that for your strong style viewers out there um, if you watched um, if you watch um, Dynamite tonight um, Warlow the, the stipulations for Warlow and the F were announced 
10 chance shots from Sean Spears, um, then Wardlow versus Sean Spears in a cage with MDF as special referee. Yeah, and damn. Wardlow, huh? Yeah, damn. <laughs> hey, double stacking the deck. And then if he if he survives that, he'll wrestle MJF at double nothing. If he wins at double nothing, he'll be released from his contract. There's no way they can mess this up, right? Um, I mean they AEW, could, they could, they could but AEW, I mean it's AEW though, so you never know. This should be pretty easy booking. I know they've been trying to you know keep MJF pretty pristine. As far as his record goes, but there is no way they can screw Wardlow. Yeah, and then also, oh. and also, MJF, MJF made mention about um twenty twenty four. Yeah, he's leaving. Yeah, I, I mean, that's if that's if um Tony Khan don't don't put the title on him and then back the brakes truck up for him, then he, he'll stay. Also, I would like to add that our very own Mia Yim is now going to be in Impact. So, you know, congratulations to her. We knew she was going to get a job, but, you know, I'm happy for her. I'm glad she's at a new home, and I know she's going to do very good things, very strong things. And I know she's also represented by that same group. The same as with that represents Cesaro and Wyndham Rotunda. So, and her yeah. impact deal was only supposed to be for like six months, though. So, we'll see how long that will last. Well, yeah. if, if, she'll, if she'll last that long and then if she'll stay there or go to AEW. Well, they got to yeah. have people for ROH. Maybe it'll be like TNA to ROH to AEW. Never know. Yeah. Me and Yen versus Tasha Steels for the, for the knockouts. Impact Championship? Woo! Mm, 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 mm. It's for that one. <laughs> you, you know what I'm saying? Hey, that's a, whew, that's a match. Yeesh. All right. Um, okay, so I said earlier, I explained why Charlotte um, lost the match. Looks like her and Andrade might be officially tied at night. Ain't wrong with it, player. Ain't nothing wrong with it. I'm going to be in that family. I figured that would would happen. I just didn't think, you know, it'd be an injury and that happening. Well, it's not really. The the storyline is the injury is storyline. Okay, then, yeah, it's exactly how I thought that they were going to get married. And so congratulations to her, I guess, you know. If that means more time for Andrade to teach her how to do a proper moonsault. Sir. <laughs> Sir. <laughs> well, you also got to give a... I, I mean, I know we don't talk... I know we we you, we clowned them when they was there, but you also got to give congratulations to uh, Killer Cross and uh, Scarlett Bordeaux. I, they got married on a glacier in Alaska. Something that white people would do. <laughs> Especially well, that know, white dude. Well, you know, the only reason why Scarlett was, you know, popping over the, in the WWE because, you know, they wanted to see her. <laughs> it makes sense they get married at a glacier, you know. 
that it can be, you know, inclusive, you know, and it could be far away because Hope Killer Cross was probably thinking this is far enough where, you know, Adam Cole may not show up and try <laughs> to ruin it. Oh, shit. Hey, I was just thinking that. I was like, you know, you know, your career, your career is a wash. You know, we, we said RIP to your career after that promo. <laughs> Sir, him and Johnny Gargano just. Mm. Nah, oh, you had to go to a glacier to feel special? You know what makes me feel special? Oh, no. This ring. <laughs> it was, a, I mean, I'm just saying, that was that was the casket being slammed shut. And that was just it. We, we just, we saw that in a live on TV. And all we could do was just like, damn, that, that. And that's career. Well, you could have saved that for Twitter, brother. <laughs> Adam Cole said, nah, I chose violence. I'm wearing black Air Forces today. <laughs> oh, my God. What else you got for us, man? Oh, shit. So, the, um, the, for, for the women's, um, the women's setup like this on Raw, the top baby faces, you got Binky, um, Alexa Bliss is the number two, which I think is foolish because Liv definitely puts butts in the seats, as the sign says. But Liv is pencil at number three, Oscar's number four, and Dana Brooke is number five. On the heel side is Becky Lynch, Rhea Ripley, um, Lacey, why are you still here? Evans, um, Carmella, Zelina, um, Dewdrop, Nikki, and Tamina. Okay. Um, it's, it's like NXT's in your house is going to be their next event that's coming up in June. All right, Dawn, before we wrap up, you know what we got to do. All right, yep, we got to do it. All right, so main event, we got T-Bar versus Reggie and Apollo Crews versus Akira Tozawa. Apollo Crews versus Akira Tozawa, I might sign up for that. T-Bar versus Reggie, nah, negative. <laughs> And we level, got up, level up. Level up. We have Trick Williams versus Javier Renal. Electra Lopez versus Dia Hale. Oh, that's all you had to say. Okay. I'm there. All right. Trick Williams and Electra Lopez. Yep, I'm there. Okay. All right, cool. It's another match with Dante Chen and Sanga, but I already know the first two matches you already penciled in for those two. Yeah, we'll be uh We'll be throwing the uh, Dante Chin stuff uh, to the curb. But yeah, Electra Lopez, Trick Williams, yep, sign me up. <laughs> uh, that's all I got for right now. Um, yeah, as you know, after we record, they tend to, you know, things tend to happen. Also, uh, Memphis ran Golden State off the court. You know, so. That's yeah, good. man. That's a, yeah, this was a bad one for the whole, for the Warriors eight, tonight. Eight. They ran them off the court. <laughs> yeah, this is a this is an epic beatdown. Um, and uh, Mar- Marcus Smart got his defensive player of the year, and then got defensed in the uh, last two in the last thirty seconds. Oh, he of the was game. defensive player of the year. Yeah. Oh my goodness. We might as well talk about Al Horford. You know, I, I thought you were gonna come back, but you let Giannis score forty on you. So I guess that pretty much. Did that right there. 
Giannis got color too because he, he was bleeding. I saw he was bleeding a little bit too. Oh, it got a hard way, huh? Yeah. Yeah, and they say he got cut. The boy got color. <laughs> <laughs> well, we're gonna start with our guests. We'll start with uh, Black Marvel. Uh, shout outs and thank you, sir. Well, thank you as well. You know, thanks for having me on here. I appreciate being on here to, you know, express what my opinion on this sport that we love, you know, and, you know, hopefully I can, you know, continue to watch and do my critique sometimes because as much as we either we love it or hate it, we grew up watching it and we can't give it up. So wrestling is wrestling and it's going to be in my blood forever. But thank you for having me. Oh, thank you for joining us. Thank you for joining us. Mr. Black. Uh, Howling, your shout outs and thank you, sir. Thank you so much for having me on here. I just want to give a shout out to the whole WrestleCat podcast. You know what I'm saying? Thank you for giving us the the possibility to voice our opinions about this about this sport that we love. Also, I just gotta give a huge shout out to the Bag Life podcast. That's my cousin and them podcast. Give them a listen to. But uh, yeah, I just gotta say thank you for having me on here. It's a blessing. Continue to do what y'all do, man. For real. Well, thank you guys for all the help that y'all put in uh, with the Twitter spaces each and every week, showing up in the hashtag, sharing your commentary with color. It greatly, uh, you know, help us out, especially with my crazy schedule right now. So you guys pick up a lot of the slack, and I'm very grateful. And uh, just wanted to show you guys my appreciation. And, uh, you know, let the people get more familiar with you guys and uh, understand that, yes, you know, they hold the spaces down for me and Mo, and, uh, you know, they have awesome commentary with color. So I appreciate the both of you guys. Uh, Mo to the underscore Reese, your shout outs and thank you, sir. All right. So shout outs to our guests, uh, Black Holland, Black Marvel. It's been a pleasure. You know, we laugh and chuck it up in the spaces all the time, especially during um, the squash matches. We have our running joke about the repast chicken and who bought the potato salad. Because <laughs> you know we about to see a we about to see a, a a funeral in front of our eyes. Um, Don, as always, every week we hear you know talking Monday Night Raw and other things that goes on. Um, so thank you once again. Shout out to um, everybody else who's in the in the tweets with us in the spaces that comes through. Um, Colin Wren, Miss um, V, Jula Jula, um, Queen Mal Mendy. Um, Bam Lizette. Um, everybody else who's, who's down with us, you know, thanks for taking time to hang out with us. You know, create this space was created years ago for for us to, to talk wrestling and I like how it's grown, you know, with the quality of individuals that runs with us. So thank you all once again for sharing your commentary with color. Well I'd like to thank everybody here on this call personally for everything that they've done to help the CSPN and the WrestleCast. Um, it's not easy, uh, you know, committing 52 weeks a year to reviewing this and, and watching this, um, but they've always been there to help me uh, review and, and bring out the product and the podcast to you guys. So I'm very thankful to these guys. Thankful to Miss Simi and Miss Jade to the max. Hopefully she's traveling and safe out in France. Miss Didi Jonay, big shout out to her again. 
Uh, congrats to her for winning the uh, hashtag Black Lash Matters. Uh, who you got? Thank you to everybody who used the hashtag Black La uh, Black Backlash Matters uh, during Sunday for the uh, live tweet and everybody who was in the spaces as well. It's always a lot of fun, uh, you know, tweeting and hearing everybody's commentary with color. A shout out to Miss Ashley who was at Monday Night Raw this past week. She got. Uh, she was in the front row, so she got to see her two faves up close and personal, Randy Orton and Finn Balor. Um, her husband may want to uh, make sure, you know, that she's okay because, uh, yeah, those are her two faves. So she got some real good, good pictures of them. Um, and just shout out to everybody who, you know, rocks with the CSPN, uh, all the gorgeous ladies of the WrestleCast. Can't forget about my man, uh, Kyle Wren, who's also in the Twitter spaces with us all the time. Give him a big shout out as well. So continue to rate, review, listen to the podcast. Check us out over on the Patreon page on the Dark Match where we review AEW Dynamite each and every week, me and Miss Simi. And uh, we will talk to you next time. So for Mo to the underscore Reese, Black Howling and Black Marvel. I'm your host, Don DeLorente, and this has been The Rasslecast. Please stay tuned for the parting promo. Mr. Heyman, the bloodline was victorious tonight, but there was a lot of carnage in that match. Was there ever any doubt in your mind that the bloodline wouldn't walk away on top? Doubt? In my mind? I mean, come on, let's, let's, let's shoot from the hip here. The undisputed WWE champion, Roman Reigns. The longest reigning SmackDown champions of all time, the Usos, the bloodline, is the most dominant faction in pro wrestling slash sports entertainment history. You, you can tell me all about the four horsemen. You can tell me all about the NWO. You can tell me about DX. You can tell me about the Heenan family. You can even tell me about the dangerous alliance. There has never, never been a faction as dominant.